Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Sekshem Sharda on the line. Sek, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I am great. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So uh, share with the audience a little bit about you, um, Outgrow, and you know all the fun stuff you get to do. So I'm the creative director and CIO, which is the chief information officer at outgrow.co. So basically, if you want to ask anything about what the software does or like, you know, what our goals are in the future, I'm your person and I can tell you. So what Outgrow is in short is it's a no-code tool uh, that allows you to make applets and widgets for your websites, like, you know, quizzes or estimators, recommendations, chatbots, any of this you can build very easily. using Outgrow's no-code builder that also has a thousand templates that, you know, uh, that are spread across 21 different industries that anyone can just easily customize in two minutes. So that's what Outgrow does. It's amazing stuff that uh, you guys are doing because, you know, I remember, you know, using the internet when it first, you know, started being <laughs> widely used, you know, in the, you know, with AOL and CompuServe to web browsers and in a Internet Explorer and Netscape and all that stuff. So I've seen websites go from very static, flat, informational types of things to engaging things where, you know, not only is there information being provided, but you're also being informed and, and educated and entertained is a way. So, you know, what prompted you guys to to do this, you know, to get in this kind of work and 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 create, you know, the awesome stuff that Outgrow does? I mean, it's funny you mentioned that because it was an idea that actually came along. Uh, well, our founders thought of that idea because originally they had another company that would help people find out how much it costs to make an app. No, sorry, that would help people actually build an app that they could put on the App Store or the Play Store, et cetera, et cetera. And then what happened was uh, to promote this company, uh, they made a simple calculator that would ask a couple of questions to the user, like, you know, uh, how many pages does your app need to have? Do you want to put it on the App Store or do you want to put it on the Play Store, et cetera, et cetera? And where do you want to have your team of developers? And based on the answers to these questions, uh, they would recommend. And a, a certain price tag, like, okay, it's going to cost you so much money to get your app built. And this was in the 2000s, in the noughties, when, you know, uh, the iPhone had just been launched and, you know, the smartphone game was just beginning and everyone had a crazy idea for like a crazy app, right? So it was the app's boom. And uh, so they'd made this calculator that would let anyone know, you know, anyone like, you know, anyone who's working in any particular industry, if they had an idea for an app, they went to that calculator to find it out, you know, how much it's going to cost. And so what happened was over time in the th- in the 2000s that calculator became the go-to place in the internet for finding out how much it costs to build an app and that is how our founders got the idea okay this calculator is performing so well it's giving us so many leads maybe what we can do is help other businesses make similar calculators and quizzes without knowing how to code so that's how the idea for outgrow came along 
it always starts with just a conversation and a spark of an idea. And yes, uh, you know, app development is, you know, is pretty, you know, intense and, you know, especially with all of the rules that Apple has. And I know that, you know, Google is, you know, some rules as well and they get a little bit tighter, but I know Apple, for example, is, you know, really challenging as far as uh, building a lot of things. So being able to, you know, utilize, um, your your skill set to help with that, but not only that, but just with you know website development and interactive stuff, and you know like you know some of the things you guys are you know working on, and you know you know product hunt for example, you know I, I love that because it's such an incubator of you know, organizations like yours that are out there you know creating new things, and 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 a lot of times when people create a product or a service, it's because of market demand for something. But like in your situation, your team has developed things that people didn't know that they needed yet. And once it was available, they're like, wow, we didn't realize we needed this. Yeah, for sure. And like, uh, that's how the idea initially came along because the original company that they had made uh, was for help helping people make an app. But then they realized, you know, Quizzes, calculators, chatbots, etc. is something everyone needs. So they just made a way, a no-code builder that would allow anyone on the internet, whether they're freelancers, small businesses, you know, content marketers from medium-sized businesses, or even enterprises to easily just make this. And you mentioned product hunt, for instance. Like we've had so many of our clients who made like quizzes or calculators or recommendations on outgo. Like, for instance, like one client was a real estate client who uh, wanted to uh you you know, sell his real estate properties and, you know, to do good marketing around them. So what he did, and this was like in the 2010s when the Airbnb craze was like, you know, off the charts, like, you know, everyone was talking about Airbnb. It was like the hot startup and blah, blah, blah. So this person went on Outgrow and he made a simple calculator that would show people how much would it cost? uh, How much would they earn by Airbnb their property? So this is a real estate agent, right? So he's not looking to rent properties. He's looking to sell properties, but he understood that if he, if he could show all the property buyers that they could later Airbnb their properties and then, you know, uh, they don't have to live in those properties all the time. So, so, so that was something that helped his real estate company. So this calculator would just ask like simple questions like, you know, where is your property located? Is it near a seaside? Is it near a world heritage site? Uh, you know, how many rooms does it have? How often do you want to host guests in it? And based on that, it would give you a monthly and yearly uh, passive income that you could collect uh, through Airbnb on these properties. And this calculator that a client had made, it went viral on Product Hunt. Like it was in their top 10. And then and it got picked up at trendhunter.com, et cetera, et cetera. And the key thing to learn from this is that what no-code tools allow you to do, no matter what industry you are in, I just gave an example for the real estate industry, but no matter what industry you're in, you know, course making, podcasting, you can make an interactive quiz or calculator that you can put on your website. It's going to be there 24-7. And that quiz or calculator is giving a very definite value 
to the user. So they're very likely to leave their email behind that you can follow up with them, et cetera, et cetera. And you can lock this result, this value that you're giving. You can lock it behind a lead generation form where they ask you for an email and then they're able to, like you ask them for an email and then they're able to see the value that you're giving. So for instance, like for a podcaster, uh, we've seen a lot of people make quizzes like, you know, which one of my episodes is the most relevant for you? Like they put this quiz on the website or like, you know, uh, which one of my episodes will teach you about the skill you're looking for. And then they ask like seven or eight questions. And as like a podcast host, you would know exactly the kind of seven questions to ask to direct people to the right episode. So that's one way in which a quiz can be used to like, you know, give targeted value. That's just, you know, touching the iceberg too of, you know, all the things that you can do. So of all the stuff that your team does, you know, what's, what's one of the, you know, give me a couple that you're that you enjoy the most or most proud of as far as development uh, and work that you guys do at Outgrow. I think it's the fact that we have the freedom to experiment with marketing trends. And I think that is crucial because what happens a lot of time in companies is that uh, uh, people just get like, you know, stuck to like a routine of doing things. Whereas here we have more creative space. So one of the things we did was like, you know, when coronavirus came along, uh, just before the virus came, uh, we were developing this interactive templates pack for the events management industry. So like, you know, conferences and, you know, uh, corporate events. And then we had like all these interactive widgets and applets that anyone could customize in this. So for instance, you know, which conference talk should you attend? Or like, you know, if you're a sponsor, then, you know, which, which event of ours should you sponsor, which panel should you sponsor, or like, where should you be a speaker in, et cetera, et cetera. So all these quizzes and calculators, like a calculator, like, you know, how much is it going to cost you to send your team uh, to this conference in Barcelona, for instance, right? You know, a return of investment calculator that would show you what is going to be the networking value, long-term value of attending a conference. So we had this entire pack and this entire universe of templates ready to be launched. And then coronavirus came along. So obviously there were no events scheduled for the the coming upcoming you know future so we had to just put that entire package on hold and this is the creativity in our company is that you know no one was like you know uh, disappointed that we couldn't launch this we had the enough of like you know flexible room to be like okay we can pause this eventually events are going to start again maybe in a year maybe in two years maybe in three years you know conferences are going to exist and we can launch this pack then but in the meantime, what we did was uh, we launched a restaurant takeaway pack. So, you know, what happened when coronavirus first came along was, you know, all the restaurants were banned, but there was a loophole in the law, which was basically that if you're a takeaway joint, then you can, uh, you know, operate your business, but not if you're serving people in a terrace or a garden or like indoors, etc. So a lot of restaurants at that point had to make the decision to turn to, you know, completely digital takeaway spots. And they didn't have the equipment. There were not enough developers in the market for to help them do this, you know, and it costs a lot. And the industry is anyway facing a lot of like, you know, money shortage because it's uh, being pounded by coronavirus, etc. So uh, they could just, so we made like a restaurant takeaway pack. So when you walk into a McDonald's restaurant, for instance, uh, you know, uh, they have these screens with like takeaway menus where, you know, you know, you can pick the burger type, the bun type, the menu type, the sauce type, the lettuce type. Now this is actually a quiz and a calculator. If you think about it, right, it's, it's just asking you questions as to what you want. And then it, it gives you a customized pricing. So that's what we built for any kind of restaurant imaginable. So like for a pizza restaurant or like for, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, Indian food restaurant. So it's just, we made these interactive menu templates and we uh, were ranked 
uh, one of the finalists in the Product Hunt Coronavirus Hackathon that happened for helping restaurants, you know, uh, during the Corona times with these interactive menus. That's amazing work. And, you know, that's just a couple things you guys are working on. So I guess the next question is, and this is a kind of a looking into the future kind of thing, mm. you know, where do you see um, internet usage and, and how we consume the internet? And I mean, all of the apps and everything else with, you know, smartphones and, and everything else, but you know, where do you see things going over the next, you know, maybe five years or so? I think that's a really good question because uh, I think what's happening is that there's too much information. So what the age we are living in is classified, you know, there's like the bronze age, iron age, industrial age. What we are living in right now is the information age. And the, the key characteristic of the information age is that it's not money that is power. It is information that is power. And this is a crucial thing to remember, especially because we are entering towards the late half or like I'll say towards the end of this age. And now there's too much content. Everyone's, everyone's producing too much content. There are too many blogs. You know, everyone has a great idea. You know, there's too much information circling around. And so the users or like, you know, if someone goes on the internet and they want to buy a pair of sunglasses, for instance, like, you know, they don't know what to pick because there's so many choices. There's like a complete choice paralysis, right? And, and, and you know, the price wars with from like companies like AliExpress, et cetera, has led to, you know, goods being really cheap and really gettable. So like, what is my incentive to buy? And, and that's why I think interactive content is an answer. Uh, to this entire choice, choice paralysis and decision fatigue that we are seeing in this age is because it helps the user make a choice, right? You know, if I go on your website and you're selling sunglasses and you have a quiz like, you know, which sunglasses suit you best and that quiz actually sifts your the data you give it and then it gives you two or three choices to pick from, you're more likely to pick something. And that is why I think... Uh, the future is basically going to be interactive because as, as we hear in the news all the time, like, you know, most companies uh, using interactive content are also able to very easily gather marketing data and marketing information. Like, you know, so when I, when they ask you, which sunglasses suit your face the best, they, they understand what, like if 500,000 people take that quiz, they get an idea of like, you know, what kind of sunglasses are fashionable, fashionable amongst people, and then they can make their supply chain better and they can order more that kind of, you know, sunglasses instead of like, you know, the ones that people don't like. So I think this is the future is to use interactive content because the static content is just too much and it leads to a choice paralysis. I agree with you on the information overload. There's just so much out there and for inventory, Gone will be the days of you stocking up on all the stuff that ends up not being sold because consumers didn't want it. And you think about that from a like a global uh, footprint type of situation because if we're not mass producing something that no one will end up buying, that stuff could end up in a landfill, which of course pollutes our water, which, you know, all, all the things we know about making the earth a much healthier place. When you have basically you know, the phrase just in time inventory, you know, comes into play here, but it, because we're able to mass produce things, 3d printing, for example, you know, as you know, I've seen, you know, some of that stuff work and, you know, get blown away by it going, wow. It's like, you know, there's, you, you type in, you put in this template and all this stuff and you do it. And next thing you know, you're holding this thing that didn't exist 
a few minutes ago and all of a sudden it's like wow that's that's insane uh and we're getting as technology and advancements and curiosity continues to grow i think that bodes well for humanity and the future of things and and cutting back on wasteful things and, and, and having just the things that, that we truly want and, and doing it in such a way where it has such a, a smaller footprint than how we've made things in the past. For sure. I think that's literally the goal of the information age is to make things smoother and reduce wastefulness. And that is going to be the key theme uh, as we go forward uh, in technology and in other parts in politics, everywhere you see that theme happening. And that is why efficiency is something that is achieved through a Google search. For instance, it's a very efficient engine and in the same way as a quiz. So these are very basic, I think, fundamental human instincts. It's like to quiz, to be curious about something, uh, to search about something, and then, you know, to calculate, you know, what is like through a calculator or an estimator that makes you understand the long-term value of something, you know, infographically, when you use a calculator, you can show people infographically, what is the long-term value of investing in their service, as opposed to something that's cheap. And, you know, you just, uh, there's not much long-term value. So, so yeah, quizzes, calculators, contests, chatbots, polls, you know, uh, forms and surveys, these are all methods with which one can make one's company more efficient. So a follow-up question of that is, you know, what are some things that you wish were out now, but they aren't yet, you know, as far as, I mean, obviously we've talked about the quizzes and interactivity and all that stuff. What are some things that you, you, you thought we would have by now, uh, but we don't yet when it comes to innovation and technology? I think a widespread use of no code tools, because I don't think anyone like, uh, Anyone who's like, you know, we serve 21 different industries, finance, healthcare, insurance, you know, content creation, all of them. If there's anyone listening to this podcast and they have a business that is, you know, I don't know, it's a freelance, they're a freelancer or they're a medium sized business or they're a large business, or even if they're an enterprise, there's no reason uh, they should be afraid of like, you know, uh, expressing, you know, they are where they are in, your, in their business because they had some kind of skill or creativity or innovation that they brought to their field. And that's why their business exists today. And there's no reason that their innovation shouldn't be expressed to the world just because they don't know how to code, right? Coding is not an important thing anymore. And that's something that I think everyone should realize is that the, everyone should be using no code tools like Outgrow and there are many other no code tools. You should be using these more because the market market does not favor people who can code. The market favors people who are creative and innovative and who can just use no code tools to express this innovation and creativity, right? The market favors creativity. It does not favor someone being a great coder like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or someone, right? That's just one particular skill set that you can just hire and no code tools just allow you to just bypass that skill set and make something good. And that's what you can do. So if you go to the outgrow.co template section on our web website, you would see more than a thousand templates that you can just edit in like a minute, like under a minute, like a PowerPoint presentation. And then you can just put on your website. You can test it out if it works for you. If it doesn't work for you, try another template. Uh, it's totally possible to do all that within like 30 minutes. That's awesome. And I definitely implore and encourage people to take advantage of that and play around with it. You know, get creative and, you know, you might see something that you can add to your site as an entrepreneur that, um, 
your customers and potential customers will really enjoy and you won't have to you know spend billions of hours to try to figure out how to use it because you know that's that's what your team's done already they've spent a, For sure. a, a yeah. bunch of time on there working on things that you enjoy doing uh, to make thing, make things easier for those that uh, you know want to do some things and you know sometimes they feel that they have to you know learn all kinds of special coding uh, when your technology proves that they don't have to which is awesome so Zach, i've loved our conversation today where can people find out more about you and this incredible work you're doing well, so everyone can claim a 30-day extended free trial by just going to outgrow.co forward slash breakfast, and that will uh, open up a page for you where you can just claim an extra, you know, 30-day trial where you can just, uh, you know, try out all the templates as much as you like, see if it works for you. If it doesn't work for you, then it's just a trial, right? So nothing to lose. <laughs> So outgrow.co forward slash breakfast. That's awesome. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So thank you so much again for your time today. And um, thank you and your entire team uh, for continuing to innovate uh, to make life easier and more accessible to all of us. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.